With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial. Plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. Now, what's next? Next step! It's the next man up. Next step! The next step. Take the next step. Next step! Next step. Next step! This team wants to be next. This is Next Up with Stan Norfleet and Chris Gordy. Let's see. What's next? Here we go. Off and running July the 5th, 2023. Hope everybody had a fantastic 4th of July holiday weekend. Seems like it's been a minute since we've been on the air. Obviously, we were off around these parts yesterday and Monday. However, Monday, I did get some Astros baseball in. I was up in DFW. I will give you a, a firsthand account of what's going on at Globe Life Field. But what happened was an L for the first place for now in the AL West Rangers. Astros come back home and take care of business. They win yesterday afternoon over at Minute Maid Park. Astros win 4-1, to game one of a two-game series versus the Colorado Rockies. Astros, they've now won six of their last seven, and I do believe seven of their last ten. Good morning, Stan Norfleet here. If you're new to the station, new to the show, I go by at Stan Sportsman on social media. Joining me later this hour will be one Jackson Gatlin of Locked On Rockets and Locked On NBA Podcast. Brother knows his Rockets. We're going kick to kick that around as well. ton of updates have happened over the last four or five days since we've spoken with each other. Houston will make sure we, we get that done. Trey Campbell in his normal position on the other side of the glass. Chris Gordy out this week, still on vacation. Gordy will be back with us next week. So feel free to give us a shout, 713-212-5790. As we start Astros, and for me, uh, a lot of things to get to here, Trey. We'll get ready to queue up. Uh, and let's tell the people how we got here. But just as an overall theme, I'm extremely proud as we are what? One, there's two, five. We're including this afternoon, afternoon baseball. We've five games, one, two, three, four, if I can count, five games left before the All-Star break. And I agree with Sean Salisbury. We just discussed it during the crossover. If you'd have told me, given the amount of injuries, some new faces, hello, Jose Abreu, if you would have told me everything this team has gone through, this is now, we'll discuss this further as well. Jose Altuve, a second oblique on top of the broken thumb. Here's now the hands we started the year, uh, Jordan's hands. Now he's dealing with the oblique. Uh, who's that? Jose Altuve had a heel. We are, we know McCullers or Keedy, uh, we've done all of that, right? Framba's got an ankle now. We had to skip him in the start. You add it all up for the Astros to be in this place, three games out, 
with five games to go before the All-Star break. It's remarkable. Now, some people, and again, we'll talk about it. Some people will say, wasn't that foolish, the overreaction that some of us, like me, had to get things going? There was a moment, and you can't tell me that you weren't a little shook. There was a moment where this team, to start this week, to go up to to, um, Dallas, this team was six games back. If that series goes different than winning three, four, three to one, the series of the four games, we're having a different conversation. But they played their arse off. And there are a lot of people that contribute to that. So before we get into last night, just as an overall theme, I want to make sure I say this. Many of you told me not to re- not to overreact, not to panic. They'd be okay. It looks as if that's going to be the case. I picked them to win the division. They are within striking distance to do that. But the thing I'm most fascinated by, the thing that gives me the greatest joy, is that there is a standard that is Astros culture. And it's been rolling, as you all know, six, seven years now. The Astros culture is not Altuve. It's not just Tucker. It's not just Bregman. It's not just Jordan. It's not just Fromber and Javier. God bless him. We'll discuss him. The Astros culture is part of the reason Jokes is playing that way. It's part of the reason Dubon has developed. It's part of the reason J.P. Francis answered the bell. It's part of the reason Yanir Diaz beats out Corey Lee. And now Yanir Diaz is clearly the catcher of this team's future. And many of you think he should be the catcher of this team's present. I don't disagree. Excuse me. I don't disagree with you. (laughs) Adversity. Trey, I'm going to sound like an OG right here. You ever heard the saying, adversity builds character? But adversity also reveals character. In life, like in sport, you find out who you really are when you're up against it. When the rubber meets the road, you're either going to get down or lay down. And these Astros, I saw it from my own eyes. I'm sitting in Globe Life Field. Uh, where was I? I was on the uh, first baseline, just outside of the, third, of the first base bag. And I'm watching this, and I'm... Astro fans showed up and showed out. It was thick in there. Astro fans everywhere. And the team that is first place in the AL West by three games, they are nervous. I talked with fans all during the game and leaving the stadium. They're nervous as hell because they know the Astros have gone through hell. And they're still here on their heels. And they know what time it is. So that got me excited. I wanted to start there. All right. Last night. Astros or yesterday afternoon. Uh, by the way, fireworks look good. I was uh, on my perch here in the River Oaks area, and I saw fireworks from like three different parts of town. I know they had some fireworks. Sounds like going over there at Minute Maid last night, and they had good fashion to do so. We had reason to celebrate. Speaking of Astros culture, a young man got us going. My man Gray Kessinger, first career home run. He got us going to get things off. Then the third inning trade hit me with that juice. Here's the 0-1. And he hits this one well to left field. And that is gone! Sky rocket in flight for Kessinger! First big league homer on the 4th of July! 1-0 Astros. And appreciate uh, Spark and Robert Ford there on the call right here on Sports Talk 790, your home of Astros baseball. Kessinger, first career home run. Let me get the, what was that? 397 feet. And I'm happy for him. Uh, one out, base is clear, one strike. He takes a hanging curve and he gets him his first dinker. Now, the problem, 
Somebody find Kessinger. If you're listening to this, and we should put this up, Trey. We should, at some point, and I'm talking tongue-in-cheek, somebody get this man his baseball, his first career jack, and they won't get him his baseball. He can't find it. This man is ball. He deserves that. Who else got going? Let's go down here. We're going to brag on Corey Jokes. A career high. Four hits. Corey Jokes. He got things going in the fifth inning. Trey, let's tell the people what Corey did. Two-strike pitch. And that's hit sharply past Freeland, who falls down, getting out of the way. And it goes in the center, an RBI single for Jokes as DuBond crosses home plate. And it's 3 to nothing Astros. That ball was near Freeland's head. He fell kind of awkwardly to get out of the way of that liner. And wound up on his back, was a little slow getting up, now to his feet. And Corey Jokes, a late addition to the lineup, about an hour before first pitch, Jose Altuve injures himself during batting practice, so then they, Dusty has to shuffle the lineup. Jokes comes in to DH, Kessinger goes to short, where he has played predominantly in the minors and in college, shortstop more so than second base. That was evident by some of the field work on defense. He was a part of a 6-4-3 double play that got the Astros out of a tough spot. Dubon, he goes to leadoff man. Dubon goes to second base where he has been pretty damn good this year over there as well. There was something else I wanted to get to here. Uh, let's do this. I want to play... Brandon Belak, let, let's get on the bump. Brandon Belak, I thought, was fantastic yesterday by and large. 27-year-old right-hander who is now 4-4 four and four after getting the win yesterday, allowed two hits, seven scoreless innings. That's a career high for him in terms of innings pitched. He went seven again, two-hit baseball, tied a career high, though, by walking four batters. Didn't appear to be detrimental. Again, the defense bailed him out on three different occasions Defense bailed him out there. 96 pitches for him, 57 for strikes, 3.81 ERA. He did have his 4Ks. Belak did not in exceed 18 pitches in any inning. Because that bullpen has been taxed Sunday and Monday in Dallas or in Arlington, Sunday and Monday, the bullpen, five arms both days. They're tired. The only way this was going to work was if Belak could get him the distance. And Belak handled his business. He takes him in there scoreless when he walked off the mound. Thought it was phenomenal. Backed up in came Seth Martinez in the eighth. No hits, no earned runs on Seth Martinez. And then Static closed it down one inning. He did give up the homer. Uh, he gave up that homer to Chris Bryant, who was dh in, in Colorado. But the damage was already done for the Astros. They win 4-1. to one. Again, Astros, from a wild-card standpoint, yes, three games back as of now for the division. From a wild-card standpoint, Astros now find themselves, if the playoffs started today, they would have leaped the Toronto Blue Jays, and they are in over Toronto by a half game. So the wild-card teams in the AL would be Baltimore, the Yankees, and Houston. So we will see what happens again. That's a uh, 110 first pitch. We will have Astros on deck for you coming up at the conclusion of this program at noon. For that, let's go. Uh, Trey, let's punch up. Brandon wants to get some Astros convo in before we take this first break. Brandon, good morning to you. Hope you enjoyed your fourth. Hey, what's good? How are you? Uh, I can't complain, brother. What's on your mind? Um, it was a good run yesterday. What did you think? I was, uh, excuse me, I was very pleased with the outcome. I was concerned that Belak may not be able to go that deep. 
I knew that the bullpen was taxed. Yeah. And I get concerned in any sport, especially when you're dealing with a team that didn't have their, the majority of their veterans in the lineup. I was concerned were they going to pat themselves on the back coming off winning that four-game series in Arlington and were they going to yeah. come down here and lay the egg. They didn't. They were resilient in the sense of getting out to an early lead, and then they finished off Colorado, which is just a bad baseball team. But you got to beat, hey, yeah, you got to beat them. Mm-hmm. It was, it was good. Yeah, I take that. So we'll see if they can finish them off this afternoon again, one o'clock, one ten, first pitch over at Minute Maid. Appreciate the call, good sir. More Astros conversation coming on the other side. I want to hear from Jokes. We'll hear from Belak. We'll also hear from Dusty, and also All Star designations. How does that impact our Astros this year? We know what that looked like last year. Getting warmed up on a Wednesday, July the 5th, Sports Talk 7 night. I know the bullpen was a little short today. Obviously struggled in that first inning a little bit, big double play to you know, get things rolling a little bit, but uh, getting everything ahead. I think it was the 10th day of no pitching for me, so uh, felt pretty damn good out there, uh, strength-wise, so give uh, it everything. Welcome back to Sports Talk 790. At Stan Sportsman here, Chris Gordy out this week as well. He'll return to his usual position next week. And we're kicking around some Astros baseball as they get a win 4-1 to one on the 4th of July over at Minute Maid Park. If you made your way over there, you want to give us a holler and uh, tell us how the festivities were, feel free to do so. 713-212-5790. Perhaps, like me, you made your way up 45 North and you went up there to Arlington to see the Astros whoop that first place ass for now in the AL West. They take care of business. That game on Monday, I was there. That game on Monday was probably the best baseball game, certainly regular season baseball game, that I've ever been to. I mean, that that had everything that you wanted. And yes, BLAC, we needed you to pitch like that. 27-year-old right-hander last night, uh, yesterday afternoon, keep saying last night, getting his ninth game started. Uh, he finds himself with a win at 4-4 four and four on the year. Hadn't pitched in 10 days, June 24th or something like that. Getting called up from Sugar Land. He said it's been a stretch. It's been a strain on him going back and forth, getting called up, going down. He's on the 40, man. He's back at Sugar Land. So he's having to to go back and forth there and and do some of that. But nonetheless, Astros get a win, and they have their eyes set now with uh, five games left to go, including this afternoon. That was Brandon Belak. I also want to hear from Paul Paul Dusty. Because Paul Paul, he tried to tell me for the last couple months, Dusty says, stay and hold tight. We're going to be all right. Now, I get it. Him and he has his ways. Sometimes that lineup, he pisses me off. But I must say, Dusty, and I heard Sean Salisbury show this morning, they were all over it. If Dusty Baker was doing this for any other sport in this city, college or pro, given the amount of injuries and the adversity that this team has faced, we'd be talking about that coach or manager should be up for coach or manager of the year. If this team finds themselves in the wild card, and he probably won't win it, there are some surprising teams in there, for example, so he might not win it this year. But this, we should ride Dusty out of town if, no, 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 no I don't see that. I see a dude that is doing, and they were all over again this morning, young or old, Dusty is finding a way to put guys like Belak in position to be successful. 
I said Corey Jokes. We talked about Greg Kessinger. Uh, matter of fact, Trey, don't we have Dusty on Kessinger? Dusty has something to say about Kessinger getting his uh, first home run yesterday. What did Dusty say? It just depends what, what we need. You know, that time. And I mean, you can only play nine at a time. We're playing the best nine that we have that day to, you know, to try to win. And so, you know, I mean, he can play second, third, and short. And so it doesn't matter where he plays as long as his name's on the lineup and, and, he, and he plays, the, you know, to the best of his abilities. And it wasn't just Gray Kessinger in terms of the young guys that brought the bats out uh, yesterday. We saw what Corey Jokes has done. Let's get Dusty on the, how important these young bats are. Yeah, well, hey, that's what they're here. You know, I mean, they're not here to paint. They're here to to play and 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 to uh, to perform. And I'm giving them all a chance because we need them. You know, we need them, and they need to to uh, you know to play well. So again, Dusty Baker post game on young guys got to come play ball. Uh, again, Corey Jokes, he had he went four or five yesterday, two doubles, two singles for him. Uh, and Sean said it this morning. I'm going to reiterate it now for those that may have missed it. We got to get Corey Jokes. Ball's got to get up, right? It's, it's too many balls on the ground for him. Let's get some elevation here. Exit velo. We know all the buzzwords as it pertains to the, to the way modern baseball is played. Tough day for Brego, but I had some other young guys. Yanni Diaz, not so great yesterday. Oh, this, this Jake Myers and Chaz McCormick thing. Because this has come back up as well. And as we near the trade deadline on August 1st, we're going to have more conversation. One of them is going to have to go because they both have value. There were moments where I remember Jake Myers getting benched. He had a stretch where he was like six for 20 or something or six for 30. It, it was bad. And he got benched. There are moments that Chaz had to sit down. Chaz is your best player in center field. Just leave him there. Now, this could be, Stan, Dusty could tell me, Stan, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. On one hand, you're saying, give me credit. I have us, along with this ball club, I have us in position. But now you question what I'm doing with the lineup. Well, that kind of comes with it, Skip. You tell me. Uh, you watch the game, Trey. Trey, who, are you a Myers over Chaz? I like Chaz the best. Um, obviously, he's one of the best defensive outfielders in the game, and he can make a lot of good plays. I liked when he let off. So, uh, yeah, I'm probably Chaz over Jake Myers. Yeah, I'm Team Chaz. And real talk, and it's, it's no disrespect to Jake, but I'm Team Chaz from this standpoint. I've seen Chaz perform like that in the postseason. Haven't seen that from Jake. Doesn't mean he can't do it, just mean I hadn't seen it. So if all things created equal, I'm going to go with the guy that has the experience. So that was the ball game in a nutshell. You guys watched it. You read up on it. Uh, some of you may be getting some new tidbits here and there. Uh, what is this? I mentioned uh -huh, Astros extend their 16-game home run streak with Gray Kessinger getting his first career home run. First time Astros have trailed the division in the month of July since 2016. Uh, but they, they're all right. They're within striking distance, and we'll see what happens once we get healthy bodies back and in about a month, we get up to the trade deadline. Speaking of healthy bodies, we had a few updates. I know Dana Brown was on with Sean Salisbury. We will repurpose that sound and get it back out to you in the 11 o'clock hour. For now, Jordan, not ready to go, but we will celebrate Jordan, selected as a reserve 
all-star game. He will not, he will go, but he will not participate his second time. Uh, and he was voted in by the players. Framba Valdez, who had a start skipped. We know he's dealing with that ankle. He was selected by Major League Baseball. He's going to pitch, excuse me, it's his second time being selected as an all-star. And to keep up with the theme of all-star, Kyle Tucker to replace Mike Trout. Kyle Tucker now a two-time all-star. Mike Trout broke his wrist the other day. He's out. So Astros last year, five all-stars. This year, just three. Considering the amount of injuries and how this thing has played out, I'll count that as a win. I'm totally okay if Jordan don't want him to play. He's not going to play. Fromber, you did the World Baseball Classic, and now you're dealing with some ankle. No, I don't want Fromber to pitch either. Kyle Tucker, I'm okay if Kyle Tucker plays. Kyle Tucker has played every game this year except, like, two. I'm, I'm going to need him to get some rest. Long season. So I would be okay if some of these guys didn't play, but I think Kyle Tucker will play, and I think Fromber will pitch as well. I remind you, it was announced recently also, if you missed it, Dusty Baker and his entire staff, they will go out again. They went out in 2022 to coach the AL. They will do so again this year. Let's go to the phone lines. Let's go holler at my man Bruce on the north side. Let's see, can I punch up Bruce here? Technology is amazing. Here we go. Hey, Stan. Bruce, what's going on? Good morning. Going, buddy? Yeah, I'm well. Not much, buddy. Thank you. Um, real quick, before I get to my uh, trade uh, bait. Okay. Uh, I think we should should sit Javier one round. I think he's up in the Seattle series before um, All-Star break. Just because, I mean, the way he played, obviously, is terrible. Uh, you know, one round miss, plus he'll get the days off. So, in essence, it'll be like two rounds. Mm-hmm. I think they're tired. I just think they're tired. No question but, they're tired. Because we, we got to count on him, I mean, going in the playoffs. And speaking of the playoffs, I agree with what you said earlier. McCormick is a better player. And that's why I think you would need to trade him because he is better. Because if we get some other teams, it's going to hurt. We, you know that as well. You mm-hmm. know, you got to get something. You got to give up something, and and it's going to hurt. Well, then McCormick. I mean, I guess the other question is: is if you do get rid of McCormick, how safe do you feel uh, with Jake out there defensively? You know, no problem. Offensively, yeah, he's going to have his good days, bad days, not as consistent, but. I think you could live with it there, and maybe the the triple A kid that's you know Gilbert or whatever. Drew Gilbert, yeah. It up, maybe he could come out, but but I think you'd have to trade McCormick. You'd have to trade McCormick to get somebody else's number one, who who on this club might be a number two if our guys are pitching great. Maybe yep. a number three, but he but he could be a number one the way our guys are playing right now. So, and that's what they need. They need a starting pitcher to to put us over the hump and. Because the bats are going to be fine. Abreu's hitting well. You know, if we get Altuve back and uh, uh, Alvarez and Uncle Uncle Mike Brantley, Man, that would be just a, that, that's a the, icing on the cake. Yeah, that's I mean? the one for me. Yo, I, I didn't get a chance. I appreciate the call. I didn't get a chance Good to get show, into buddy. it. Thank you bye, for, bye. for time's sake. We'll revisit the Astros conversation because I, I need to get in on these injuries. Jose Altuve, late scratch yesterday. Oblique, he's going to relax. He wasn't nominated or didn't get selected for the All-Star game, so no Altuve. He needs the rest. This is now the fourth. Altuve's had two obliques, a heel, and a broken thumb. Yeah, this Altuve needs to relax this All-Star break. 
So we'll come back. We'll do more injury updates. But for now, I want to shift because there's other big news in the city. Big news is coaching staff filled out at the Rockets, players, free agents, in-house. We have to go through this extensively. A lot of Rockets talk. Coming up is We're Your Home on the Rockets here on Sports Talk 790. Jackson Gatlin of Locked On Rockets joins me. We come back. Let's go over here to Toyota Center see what's happening. Houston, we appreciate you. Next up on Sports Talk 790. Nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up. What to do, good people of H-Town. Hope everybody enjoyed their 4th of July weekend safely, responsibly. Stan Fleet up in the studio taking you up until noon. We get afternoon Astros baseball. I will go from here to noon. We'll go Astros on deck. That'll take us into Astros radio network. 110 first pitch over at Minute Maid Park. For those that are making their way, who we got on the mound today? J.P. France, 3-3 three and three as a start on the year. 3.13 ERA going up against Chase Anderson, who is 0 for, 0 for 3 with an ERA of 6.5. Uh, and they'll wrap up that series, just a two-game series versus Colorado. That coming up at the conclusion of this program. Make sure you're following the station at Sports Talk 790. And certainly going to the website because you get insight. Michael Connor and Gordy do a great job. Uh, we have other contributors there on Astros as well as our Rockets. We will get into Rockets because I have a guest in the studio with me today. For now, though, let's wrap up this Astros commentary. Let's go to the Woodlands and holler at friend of the show. My man Matt, up way up on the northwest side, just passed through his neighborhood coming back from DFW. What's good, Matt? How you feel? Matt, Trey, can we hear Matt? Okay, I can't hear Matt. If he gives us a shout back, I'll, I'll put him on. So let's do this. Let me introduce my guest. During the break there, we were talking about, you know, our love of Houston sports and how long we have followed Houston sports. And there are those that have their feelings about the Houston sports scene, having lived in this city for approximately 10 years off and on, give or take. Not quite that long, about seven. I know Houston, when it's rolling... Everybody's on board, and there's going to always be a healthy segment of the population that's diehard Astros, diehard Rockets. So like everybody's going to cling, right? But then when you have a unifier like the Astros, when you have sustained success, it just feels better. And I'm damn proud of what they did over the weekend and then bringing that home yesterday. Trey, um, all right, cool. Bring him to my left, my man, Jackson Gatlin, locked on Rockets, locked on NBA pod. No stranger to uh, the iHeart Houston family. Brother's been around before. You see his work on social media. Let me see if we can get it, to re- get it correct. Excuse me. J.T. Gatlin. J.T. Gatlin. There it is. You got it on the first try. One there take wonder. I didn't even have to look down on it. Good morning to you. Appreciate you rocking with me. Absolutely. Excited to be here. Excited to be in studio. Talk a little Houston Rockets. It's an exciting time to be a Rockets fan. I got to be honest. This is, I mean, so far we're not even done with the offseason yet. And this is probably the most optimistic that I've seen the fan base in a minute with some of the moves that they've made and the kind of the direction of this team, right? Going into this next chapter of the Rockets rebuild. So let's do this. We both love the NBA. Like I'm a footballer. You and I are getting caught up on that. I'm a footballer by nature, like college pro. I'm in it. But I was better at basketball. I worked for two NBA teams, including the Rockets. So, like, I, NBA, I love it. And NBA Twitter in the offseason, although, let me stop right there. No, no, Trey, no, NBA Twitter is undefeated, especially in the <laughs> NBA offseason. NBA Twitter is crazy. Trey, I need you on this. 
What the hell was Elon Musk trying to prove when I'm trying to get my updates over the weekend on Twitter and I talking about I'm, I'm limited to 600? I got 600 views. Did you see this, Bleep? Rate yeah. limit exceeded. Rate limit exceeded. Elon, the hell are you talking about, man? Trying to make me pay $8. I know what you're doing, Elon. It's not going to work. The people prevailed, and we got it back on track. Trey, did you see this? Yeah, I saw it. I think it was because there was uh, large amounts of data scraping. That's what... Um, Elon Musk said, so I guess it's fixed now. I saw so I saw something somewhere that apparently, you know, Twitter had a bunch of agreements with Google to host a bunch of their services on some Google servers, and they didn't re-up their contract at the end of June. So, of course, it lines up beautifully with NBA free agency. We're trying to catch all the yeah, news. We're uh, over here refreshing, pressing F5, trying yes. to keep up with Shams and Woj. Thank and, you, Chris and Haynes and run, others. Michelle Braun, yeah. Running out of your tweets, man. What is going on? So, I got sidetracked. I'm sorry. I got a little triggered when I thought about about Elon Musk and that BS. All right, but here we go. Rockets, make moves. So when I left this chair on Friday, the only domino that had fallen is that James Harden had opted in. Mm -hmm. So we knew he was not coming to Houston. I gave a ton of kudos to general manager of the Rockets, Rafael Stone, also Ime Yudoka. And Yudoka told us there's a certain type of veteran I'm looking for. I don't know that James checked all those boxes before you get to the money. So James is not coming. We now know who the guys are that are coming in and who the guys are that unfortunately four young players are no longer with us for draft picks. All right, so let me start here. Well, you've seen it. We just haven't discussed it. Rockets get two of their top three targets. They get Dylan Brooks. And then first day, that was the Friday evening we discussed, they get Fred Van Vliet. Overall, we'll come back to Jock Londale. Overall, how would you classify, you know, we're in a grading scale. How would you grade the Rockets offseason from a free agency standpoint? I think when you look at trying to evaluate the whole thing, I, I, I don't want maybe the Dylan Brooks signing is probably the most polarizing of, no of all the moves that they've made. There are a lot of Rockets fans that don't want anything to do with Dylan Brooks Ooh, on this me, Rockets me, team. Me. He says with his hand way <laughs> yeah. up in the air. Okay, look, maybe maybe I can sell you on the idea of Dylan Brooks because I was, I was kind of against the idea at first, and I've warmed up to it. I, I will say, grading scale, I think I'm going to give them a flat B. They missed on Brooke Lopez, and that was a bit. That was one of their big three names that they wanted. Yeah. They had three targets in mind very clearly. It was Fred VanVleet, Brooke Lopez, yeah. and Dylan Brooks. That I think we can safely put Dylan Brooks kind of the third on that I list. I agree with that. Fred VanVleet was clearly their, their number one guy. That's why they paid through the nose to get him. Yeah, that part. But even though you missed on Brooke Lopez, I think you, you have to feel really excited that they came away with two of the three biggest names that they wanted to add via free agency. And even though Dylan Brooks, you look at the contract and you're thinking, it's a lot of cheddar cheese, four years, $80 million. $80 million. So when the contract was announced, I said, first of all, I didn't want the player. <laughs> I understand the attributes of the player. I understand some of the intangibles. I understand some of the performance, the production on the floor. I'm okay with teams needing a Patrick Beverly, teams needing a Draymond, team needing uh, a Meta World Peace. Like you, you gotta need an enforcer. You, you, you need you, a bully. You, I get that. This particular dude, though, <laughs> happens to trigger me. But so it, for me, it, it wasn't just that. It was eighty million dollars guaranteed over four years. I understand that Dylan Brooks just made All NBA Defense Second Team. I understand that. So I'm looking at, a, uh, and I want you to, we're going to come back to Fred Van Vliet too, but I'm talking about the overpay. 
Dylan Brooks was estimated. I'm looking at a graphic of uh, Four Later Network. Bobby Marks is their insider salary cap, Capologist, as you know. Capologist, perfect. He estimated that Dylan Brooks would come to the Rockets at $14 million a year. They overpaid Dylan Brooks by five, six million dollars over four years. I have an issue with that. Did you? I don't necessarily have a huge issue with it because you look at a couple of the factors for this Rockets team. They, No matter who they were going to pursue this offseason, they were going to be suffering from what you can call the loser tax, right? They've been one of the worst yes. teams in the NBA for three years. They're dealing with the aftermath of being you know, considered kind of an unserious organization with Steven Silas, the coaching staff, all of that. And that's unfortunate, but that's just... Where you are currently in this stage of the rebuild is you needed to add some credibility. You needed to add a new voice. You needed to kind of rehabilitate your image, right? And email allows you to do that. There is some juice behind yes. email Doka higher, yes. but it does not erase the sins of these past like two or three years. But unfortunately. This, this is where I come back and say to people, wait a minute. So let's, this is me. I'm at the table. I'm on the jet with Raphael Stone, or maybe they were doing it via Zoom or whatever. Raphael Stone, Dylan Brooks, and his agent are having the conversation. Look, Brooks, we'd love to have you, bro. Your actual market, because they were negotiating against themselves at that point. Who else had Dylan Brooks been even linked to with some seriousness? So I don't I don't have the specific names, unfortunately, sure. but at least my understanding of the situation is there were like a couple teams out there that were looking at adding him for somewhere in that MLE range. Uh, so that's that, a 12, that thir- to, yeah, 12, 12, 12 and a half, yeah, 12 14. 12 and a half to about 14, 15, somewhere in and that I'm ballpark. cool at that number. So what you're telling me is the Rockets tax in a state with no, no state income tax with a cool-ass coach like Udoka, a history of winning, Hall of Famers are everywhere, Banners, championships around here. Then we call it Clutch City around these parts. New practice facility coming up. Young team. Brooks, you're going to have the opportunity. In other words, you can go to some of those other places and you're going to be checked by some veterans. Here, we need you to be a veteran. So you get a little bit more of a leadership stake. I just thought that they had more advantages to get that Brooks contract down. I think we need you in these negotiations, man, because you're you're doing a good job selling this team. No, look, at the end of the day, it was was the, the loser tax really come out to five, six million dollars difference? There's that, but when you look at these negotiations and what these players ultimately want and how these teams have to make these decisions and how they kind of can pursue these guys and, and try to convince them, hey, come to our team, come play for us. Sure. We don't know ultimately where Dylan Brooks' heart was Very as far as point. being a competitor. Wanting, I mean, he's he's been on a Grizzlies team that's been at the top of the Western Conference the past three years, competing deep playoff runs, right? Aspirations for a championship. That's a big step back to come to the Houston Rockets, who are hoping to maybe be in the play-in tournament discussion next year and who are going to be kind of on the come-up, but, you know, a championship or deep playoff runs is further down the line. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I love this conversation. We're just into Dylan Brooks. Let's pause here. We come back. That's Jackson Gatlin, Locked On Rockets, Locked On NBA pod as well. We continue this Rockets conversation. We got the Dylan Brooks scenario. Most important. I thought was Fred Van Vliet, and I'll tell you why Jackson will share with us why he 
feels like that may or may not be the truth. Ton of Rockets Talk taking us into the 11 o'clock hour. This is next up on Sports Talk 790. Sports Talk 790, home of your Houston Rockets, also home of your Astros. That means we are your home for Houston sports here at Sports Talk 790. Make sure you take us with you at your convenience via the iHeartRadio app. Jackson Gatlin alongside in Chris Gordy's absence. Jackson does a fantastic job. Locked on Rockets podcast along with Locked on NBA pod as well. Prior to break, I made the comment, Dylan Brooks, I can understand the player, but not at five, six million dollars more than the market truly was for him. Now, what's done is done. I understand, at least I think, some of the things that he brings to the table. For those that disagree, and I know you're probably, is it safe to say, Jackson, you are more pro, even with the money, you are more pro. You'd rather see Dylan Brooks here at $20 million a year than not see him here? Correct, yes. All right. There's somebody that agrees with you. Let's hear from J.J. Reddick, analyst ESPN, on what he thinks about Dylan Brooks and talking to Rockets fans about what we should expect. And I want to say one thing about Dylan Brooks, because I said this when that report came out. I thought it was they clowned him during the Lakers series. They clowned him afterwards. They clowned him after the report came out. I saw all the, the memes on Twitter and IG about him needing to learn Mandarin because he was going to go play in China. He just signed for $80 million. Sorry for the language, but he just signed for $80 million. He's a good player, valuable player. Said it many times. I'll say it again. I want Dylan. I want a Dylan Brooks on my team. I want a disruptor. I want a guy that's a pest, and I want a guy that can defend at his level. He's an all-defensive type player. You need those guys on your team. All of a sudden, Houston is a really, really interesting team. But now, all of a sudden, you have... J.J. Reddick, courtesy of ESPN, in reaction to Dylan Brooks signing four years, $80 million guaranteed. I do not believe there's a team option on that fourth year. No, is that, that's just guaranteed. full guarantee four years. All right. Do you agree with J.J. Reddick? I do agree with J.J. Reddick. Look, at the end of the day, you need guys like Dylan Brooks to be able to win in the NBA. Guys like that, we talked about him being an enforcer, a bully, whatever. You you likened him to a bunch of names from, from the past. At the end of the day, he filled a massive need for this Rockets team. He gives them a bit of an edge. Yeah, you can make the jokes about him kind of going at LeBron and, and, and then getting poking cooked. Poking the bear. Yeah, poking the bear, for sure. At the end of the day, having a guy like that with that level of intensity, that level of fire, the competitiveness, all that... That is going to help these young guys so much to see a guy that is willing to put his body on the line, do the dirty work, be that enforcer guy for this team. To sell you on Dylan Brooks, though, one, who else were they going to spend the money on if not Dylan Brooks? Like that That's that's one brief argument is there wasn't another name out there that was going to fill that gap in the Rockets roster the way that Dylan Brooks could. He uh, is okay. uh, A name came to mind, but go ahead. Like, for example... And it's, it's a little redundant because that's what you hope Jabari develops into. If they give $15 million a year to Kyle Kuzma. See, Kuzma's just not the same player as He's Dylan not. Brooks, I though. just said he's, he's it's a not, different guy. It's a right. different player. And so, so I don't think there was another guy out there. The closest you could maybe get is Grant Williams, right? And he's a restricted free agent. Yeah. So you could throw the bag at him. Grant in Williams in Boston, yeah. Correct. And he might just he might just get matched, right? So you might lose out on him. And while you're tied up during the restricted free agency period with the offer sheet, then maybe Dylan Brooks signs somewhere else, right? And again, maybe there's a contender or another team down the way who wants to offer him that $13, 14 $15 million a year deal to be on a contender. 
You got him here. He and Fred Van Vliet are going to elevate the Rockets' defense to another level. They are going to be guys, veterans who can lead by example and help establish and instill the new culture and identity that Ime Udoka wants for this Rockets team. And I'll give you this one, Stan. There's this perception about Dylan Brooks that the Memphis Grizzlies didn't want him back because that's that's how the Grizzlies... You know, they put it out they, there. They put it out there, right? They're, the public perception was the Grizzlies didn't want him back. And kudos to the Grizzlies for doing that. What if I told you that the situation was actually Dylan Brooks didn't want to go back to Memphis? What if I told you that there were a couple guys, a handful of guys in Memphis who do not like the culture in Memphis? We know about John Morant. We know about the, you know, waving the gun and all, the, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. What if I told you that the culture in Memphis was not as pristine as it seems on the surface? There are guys in that locker room, Dylan Brooks, one of them, that were upset with how things were going in Memphis. And again, you look, the proof is in the pudding, right? You see JJ Reddick talking about it. Dylan Brooks is a winning player. He is a guy that elevates your defense. He's all NBA caliber defense. I know there's some concerns with maybe his approach offensively, and that is where I give you my final point, final nail in the coffin for why I feel like this was the right move for the Rockets and the right direction for the team to head via free agency. Ime Udoka. Ime is the type of coach who is not going to stand for nonsense on the court. You are going to buy in to his approach, his vision, his direction for this team, or you are going to be riding the pine. So for Dylan Brooks, he's not going to be out there getting 10, 15, 20 shot attempts a game. He's not going to be out there taking dumb mid-range shots or forcing three-pointers or making bad decisions offensively Mm -hmm. because he's going to find himself on the bench if he's doing any of that. The vision was for him to come in, be that defensive enforcer, be the ace, be the guy who's going to take the toughest defensive assignment every single night. He's probably going to be the fifth option of the Rockets' starting unit. I would be shocked if he was anything more than that. I know that there was a comment from him back in the day about, you know, next team that I'm with or my next role. I hope, you know, I want to take a larger offensive role, that kind of thing. That's not what the vision is for him here in Houston. For him in Houston, it's for him to lead by example, to teach these young guys, especially the wings, Jabari, Tari, Cam Whitmore, how to be a pro and how to be impactful on the court. He's a wee too petulant for me. I don't dispute anything you said. He needs to shoot the basketball better. He used to shoot it much better than he had been, certainly from deep, the last season or two. He does, they've won a lot of games in Memphis. He's accustomed to being around young guys in Memphis. I have great point with Udoka. I'm going to trust Udoka because I believe Udoka's more of a kind of what we're saying about Dusty Baker. I mean, clearly he's not as old as us. I'm just saying can relate to you. Kyle Kuzma actually signed four years as, as well. But he goes back to Washington at 102. So he actually makes more than what they got Dylan Brooks for. I'll give you a name, though. And just because I know the player. Similar, Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges, I know he's got his legal issues and all of that. I get it. Went back to Charlotte. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. $7 million. That's, so, that's, that's a can of worms right there. So I'm just giving you, there were other options in my mind. All that matters is Udoka and Raphael Stone have made the decision. They want Dylan Brooks. They got him here. Okay, 
We still have to get to Fred Van Vliet. We come back on the other side. Fred Van Vliet is going to elevate this team. Not everybody's on board with the Van Vliet signing. My question for you, how much will he elevate this young Rockets core? We kick off hour two, final hour of the show, talking Rockets on the other side. This is next up, Stan Norfleet, Jackson Gatlin in for Chris Gordy on Sports Talk 790. This is NFL quarterback Rodney Pete, and here's what's trending on the... Now, what's next? Next up. It's the next man up. Next up. Next step. Take the next step. Next up. Next up. Next up. Next up. This team wants to be next. This is Next Up with Stan Norfleet and Chris Gordy. Let's see. What's next? Next. And just like that, here we go. Final hour of the program. Next up on the Mighty Sports Talk 790, Stan Norfleet. That is Jackson Gatlin, Locked On Rockets pod, Locked On NBA podcast as well. He is in for Chris Gordy today. Gordy will be back with us next week. Kicking around the happenings, and there are a lot of them. We're going to cover some serious Rockets ground here, but we want to hear from you as well. 713-212-5790. What grade we giving the Rockets free agency? Jackson, you said a hard B. I'm going to go, I'm going to give them a B plus. Okay. You get two of the three targets that you wanted if you email your Doak and Raphael Stone, more importantly, from a personnel standpoint, at least in, in, in getting these guys in-house. They overpaid, but you still got Dylan Brooks. You still got Fred Van Vliet. The overpay on Dylan Brooks shouldn't overshadow the other moves that they made, which I think are all pretty fantastic. And I want to get to that because there are some folks that we've seen in some Rockets gear over here that won't be there next season. Some younger guys, we, we got to talk about that as well. For now, let's go out to the phone line. Reggie has been holding. He wants to get in on Rockets, and then we have to have the Fred Van Vliet because I believe the Van Vliet conversation is the most critical for this phase two of Rockets development. Reggie, good morning to you. Hey, Stan, how you doing? What up? Doing well, bro. How about yourself? Good, man. I'm glad you had a good, your first uh, uh, 4th of July in Texas was good for you, man. I'm glad you're back on these airways. Thank you, hey, brother. Man, let me get to it. Uh, my thing with Dylan Brooks, I like Dylan Brooks, and I'm glad they have him. I'm angry that they got rid of Kenyon Martin Jr. Hmm. Now, here's the thing about Dylan Brooks. <clears throat> I I like Dylan Brooks in the fact that he's not going to be afraid to take that shot like the Rockets have been doing in the past with those youngsters. If it's the game is on the line, Dylan is going to take that shot. That's one thing I understand about his game. He's not afraid to take that shot. But I like what your your guest was saying about him because I kind of figured when him – and LeBron had that issue. Nobody in the organization stepped up for him, for him and the battles he was going through with uh, LeBron, and everybody put the blame on him. But he stood up. He's a guy like you, Stan. He's a good dresser. You know, he's one of the flashiest <laughs> dressers out there, and I like that about him. Wait, Stan, are you wearing jorts? No, nah, some of that hey, stuff man. those young boys wearing. Like, I appreciate the comment from Reggie. Some of these young guys, and we will talk about how these young guys are how they're built, how they're moving right now. We'll get to that. But I thank you for the compliment, Reggie. Go ahead, finish your point on Dylan Brooks. But the thing about Dylan, I'm glad he's here. I understood we almost had Brook Lopez, mm-hmm. but they came in with an extra cash, and he went back to where he was. I'm not 
have too much of knowledge on the the third person that they signed. But if you guys could expand on the ones that we lost. But I stand again. I told you I think the Rockets going to go at least have 38 victories this year, man, and get into the play-in with just the coach and Dylan and Fred Van Fleet. And I do believe they paid a little too much for him. And they could have got some some else with that. But uh, that was an overpay on my end. And I hang up and listen. I appreciate the call. That's my man, Reggie Ridge. Uh, if you would, Trey, clear that line. Thank you. 713-212-5790. What grade you giving the Rockets in free agency? I say B+. Plus. Jackson Gatlin, uh, you're in it every day. B+. Plus. All right. Before we get to K.J. Martin, before we get to uh, Landale, Fred Van Vliet. Okay. I didn't see that number. Steady Freddy. So, Bobby Marks, just to be fair, I mentioned what Bobby Marks, capologist of ESPN's, he saw Fred Van Vliet coming to Houston at about $35 million a year. It ended up being considerably more than that. Ended up being 43-plus. That's a lot of jack. For Fred Van Vliet. Now, see, I, 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 you, I have a lot of respect for Bobby Mark's work. I absolutely do. He is one of the best in the business when it comes to the numbers and crunching all of that, the uh, the capology, everything. I, I pretty much had the Rockets pegged as having to give Van Vliet a max, but the issue was how many years, right? That was going to be right. the argument, is how many years are you willing to give Van Vliet a max to try and pry him <laughs> away from Toronto? Mm-hmm. And when it was originally reported, three years, full max, all three years, and that was a bit concerning. You're like, oh man, they, you know, Van Vliet, his agent, they really, they got the Rockets, right? like they got they the better them, of them. Yeah. But then you find out that third year is a team option, and that completely changes the the dynamic. I think it's incredible value for. Oh, you easily. think there's value in that deal? Oh, absolutely. Fred Van, I don't think there's another team in this league that would have paid Fred Van Vliet forty three million dollars a year. There's probably not, but it's okay. Again, you have to pay because he got the loser tax on you a little bit. I get it. You're going to pay some. He, I agree he, with you. He, he, you know, he could have stuck in Toronto making 30, 32, 35, somewhere in that range, whatever they were offering him. But at the end of the day, you needed a significant upgrade at the point guard position on the floor. We needed a true point guard. Let me start yes. there. Before a you even upgrade, point guard. Yes. a distributor, a facilitator, a floor general a in every sense, a leader. Yes. Somebody, so I'm with that. Somebody who can be an extension of the coaching staff Correct. on the floor, especially when you look at how the Rockets navigated this draft. They brought in Amon Thompson. He is projected to be the, the future point guard of this team, the engine, whatever you want to call him, down the line. But... They're not. It's not the same Rockets of these past two years where Jalen was getting 30-plus minutes a night his rookie year. Jabari's getting 30-plus minutes just because. They have different expectations going into phase two of this rebuild. And you're not just going to throw Amon Thompson in the deep end and give him 30-plus a night and let him learn by trial and error. You want to bring him along a little bit more slowly, a la uh, Benick Mathering with the Pacers this mm-hmm. past season. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of merit to doing that. And having him be able to learn from a guy like Fred Van Vliet, who has done it in a variety of ways. Van Vliet has been a bench guy. He's been a starter. He's been a primary guy. He's played off of other superstars. He can be a guy with the ball in his hands, running the show. He's played off the ball as well. He can well. play yeah. off the ball. He can do everything you need him to do on the floor. He brings an edge defensively. He brings the leadership. He brings everything that this Rockets team was desperately missing from that that position on the floor, essentially. And so I think it was a complete slam dunk signing. I'd give it an A plus plus plus, whatever you want to call it, because he was the best point guard on the market. And the point that you made earlier in the show, 
talking about the direction that the Rockets went, where they it looked like they kind of drew a line in the sand. And I, I want to actually, you, you said Stone. I actually want to give Ime Udoka credit for this because I feel like, and I, 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 the Rockets could have had James Harden if they wanted him. They really could have. There was interest on both sides. The Rockets wanted James back. And James this is wanted prior to, to, to Yudoka showing up. Correct. The, the scuttlebutt I hear is Yudoka was like, yeah, I, I understand that's y'all guy, but that doesn't work for my vision. Exactly that. Udoka has a vision for how he wants this team to look, how he wants this team to function. There is not an argument. James Harden is the better player. That's fine. You, absolutely. In a vacuum, compare the two guys, Fred to James Harden. James is the better guy, absolutely. But for what Ime Udoka wants for this Rockets team and for the vision that he has, Fred VanVleet made more sense. They identified their target. They went out. They got their target. They got two of their three. And he is going to help elevate everybody on this Rockets team. I think it's going to help Jalen Green the most, but everybody is going to benefit from adding Fred VanVleet to this Well, roster. if you see social media, and there will be a lot of social media conversation coming up here about the Houston Rockets. A oh, couple man. things happened over the weekend, the, the long holiday weekend. Jalen is already training with Fred Van Vliet in Los Angeles. So you see the willingness to learn. Fred Van Vliet is a champion. This is a man that went undrafted. This is a man that is undersized. He's also a family man, so he takes care of his business on that front. They are not the outside, off the porch, partying distractions. This is a man that has been well coached from a defensive standpoint. He's been coached hard by Nick Nurse. His you, entire motto is bet on yourself, right? He is a grinder. He's correct. a guy who's had to work for everything in his career. And I love all of that. I do. However, I, I have to look at it objectively, and the phones are loaded right now. Uh, I see you, Chris. I see you, Reverend KJ, 713-212-5790. We're doing free agency reaction for the Rockets. What grade do you want to put on that? I can appreciate everything that Fred Van Vliet brings. His assists just had a career year, just over seven assists per season, uh, or seven assists per game this past year. The He's shoot, got like a three to one assist to turnover yeah, ratio, which insane. is which is beautiful. The shooting, okay, I think we got enough guys that can get shots in the air. I don't know, so I disagree. Like I do not want Dylan Brooks. I disagree with Reggie. I do not want Dylan Brooks with the ball in his hands late in the ball yeah, game. Dylan Brooks is taking the final shot no, of the game. You're I, in a bad I, spot. Yeah, I much rather have Kevin Porter Jr., who's the best shooter over there. I'd rather have Jalen Green. I'd rather have uh, Fred Van Vliet. But let me say this before we go to the phones, and this is just me, Jackson. If you're asking me, Stan, you can have Fred Van Vliet for three years at 128 million, or I can have Kyrie Irving. For three years at 126 million, I'm going to take Kyrie. Now I understand, same thing. Kyrie's better talent, but that doesn't mean he's the better fit for what the Rockets are looking for right now. I think Yadoka was like, yeah, give me, give me Fred. Come, comes back to all the intangibles, yeah. right? Comes back to all the on the court or on and off the court stuff, the leadership, everything that he's going to bring to that Rockets locker room. Do you want to introduce Kyrie Irving, who's basically been a powder keg ready to blow wherever he's been in his career? Ime Odoka had a front front row seat to that with the big three in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And Ime was there with Harden. He was there with Kyrie. And there's a very clear reason why the Rockets didn't really entertain either of those two guys as serious candidates past a certain point because Ime is already throwing his weight around. He's like, those aren't the names that I I'm interested in. I have a vision, and I want to establish a certain thing here in Houston, and that's what we're going to do with Fred VanVleet. <clears throat> I want to pause right here because if I say something else, it's going to lead us to something else. Uh, on the other side of this thing, I'm going to put my final remarks on the Fred VanVleet signing. We'll talk about the free agents 
that are not here. We also need to get to a couple of other veterans that were added as well. Again, Chris, Reverend KJ, let me step aside, take care of this business. We come back, we grab you. Rockets commentary forthcoming. This is next up on the Mighty Sports Talk 790. What's going on, H-Town? Stan Sportsman here for another, oh, 35 minutes or so. And we'll get you over to Minute Maid Park. Uh, Astros on deck coming your way at noon. That will then lead to Robert Ford and Steve Sparks on the call today for the final game against the Colorado Rockies for this series. We know the Astros win yesterday afternoon, 4-1. to one. Astros find themselves three games out of the division lead. And they are currently half a game on the plus side in terms of the final wild card spot if the playoffs were to start today. The Rockets, uh, excuse me, the Astros handled their business over the weekend. Rockets took care of some business as well. And we're sitting here kicking around. Reaction to Rockets free agency. I give them a B plus. Jackson Gatlin of the Locked On Rockets pod gave them a B. What say you? We go out to the phone lines now. 713-212-5790. Let's go. Uh, oh, my man, uh, that's Reverend KJ on Cypress. Trey, punch him up, please. KJ, what's the word? What up, though? What up, though? How Shout you out, man. What's up? Hey, y'all, man. I'm always listening, even when you think I ain't. <laughs> Appreciate <laughs> it, my guy. I want, to, I, want, I want to approach this Fred Van Vliet topic from two different perspectives, the analytical standpoint and just the tangible and intangible standpoint. So dig what I'm saying. For all y'all analytic geeks out there, let's, let's crunch the numbers. Fred Van Vliet for his career is a tick, literally, a tick over 40% as a shooter. Mm-hmm. Which, his primary attribute, the thing that he does the best offensively, is score the ball. So if he's averaging 20 points a game, yet shooting only 40% from the field, that means he's a volume shooter. Him being a volume shooter also means that he's going to have to get X amount of shots up to, to, in essence, be as effective as he's been for the duration of his career. And the more shots that he gets up, the less shots our young talent gets up. So from an analytical standpoint, he hurts his head. Also, Van Vliet, for his career, is a career 5% uh, assist per game guy. Now, this is a guy on a team that had Scotty Barnes. At one point, he had Kyle Lowry. Yeah, and a newbie. You had developed, at one point at uh, Mark Gasol, you had developed, established talent in the league, yet for your career, you were only 5%, 5 assists per game. So from a statistical standpoint, he hurt you because he's not able to run an offense because you had established talent and only get five, got 5% five assists per game. Yeah. Now from a tangible standpoint, he wasn't even the point guard in Toronto. It was Kyle Lowry. He didn't start playing point guard till Lowry left and went to Miami. Right. Over the last now, two seasons, yep. Over the last two seasons. With that said, and this isn't a knock on Van Vliet. Van Vliet is a phenomenal player. But for what we need, we don't need an all-star level point guard. What we need, and I agree with you 100%, Stan, is someone who can direct traffic. I called in last week and said this. We need someone who can direct traffic, get the kids in line on the floor offensively, and actually initiate what can be perceived as an established NBA offense as opposed to what we've been doing. And I'm Fred Van Lee isn't that type of point guard. A Mike Connolly is. A Tyus Jones is. Mm-hmm. A Trey Jones. These are true, definitive, score-when-needed point guards but are more capable of running an offense than a Fred Van Vliet. And with the young talent we have, everybody we got, the young guys are all capable of dropping 20 any night. 
We need somebody to get that 20 effectively and efficiently in the sweet spots on back cuts, fast breaks, and all that. It's a, man, a, a point guard. I'm going to let you talk. Appreciate it, Reverend KJ. It, it, it's fair points. Jackson, I'm going to let you respond to uh, Reverend KJ when he says, the numbers support Van Vliet is not the most efficient, and from an offensive standpoint, he's not the most consistent of the other names, Harden, Kyrie, Chris Paul, other names that were available on the point guard circuit. Yeah, no, and, and I think there are some legitimate valid concerns to the efficiency metric. He is coming off of a really down year, unfortunately. I will say... He is a guy, though. You look at the overall shooting efficiency, absolutely. It concerns you a little bit, 40% for his career. He's going to be a guy who is going to space the floor, though, as a three-point shooter. And I think that one of the things that we're going to hopefully see this next season with Fred VanVleet is maybe cutting back a little bit on some of the ill-advised mid-range shots or contested mm. shots at the rim, that kind of thing. The Rockets don't necessarily need him to be that guy, right? He's not a guy who has to be able to play in isolation and beat his man off the dribble and attack the basket and do all that. That's, unfortunately, what the Toronto offense kind of devolved into these past two seasons, and it really did ultimately hurt his numbers. I think his ideal role, right, is going to be as a guy who can orchestrate the offense, and I do think, again, in Toronto, there were different expectations, right? Toronto's a team that lets Pascal Siakam run the offense, lets Scotty Barnes run the offense, right? They kind of play made by committee Y'all keep forgetting Ananubi. Ananubi's a ball. Ananubi as well, right? Like, that was a, a, you know, a play make by committee type of organization at times, and I think here, the role for Van Vliet is going to be he is going to be the table setter for this young Rockets team, right? He's going to be the guy bringing the ball up the court, calling the actions, getting guys in the right spots, and being able to identify that. And I think for him, as long as he bounces back with his three-point shooting, he doesn't that. have yeah. to be you know, Chris Paul lights out from mid-range. He doesn't have to be Kyrie Irving with these insane acrobatic layups at the rim. He just needs to be a guy who can space the floor be effectively, yeah. be efficient from three, yeah. and open things up for Jalen Green, for Alperin Shingun, yeah. for... Uh, you know, the other guys on the roster, right? Running things in transition for guys like Tari Eason, playing off of Amin Thompson. That's going to be the biggest one is Ime Odoka has talked consistently about wanting to add shooting to this roster and needing to take better shots and just kind of revamping their shot profile moving forward. And I think Fred Van Vliet absolutely does that and answers that for sure. Key for me with Van Vliet is, you know, physically. Because teams are going to go at him, as they do with all undersized guards. I think there's enough length on this team that they can compensate for if it's just one of those matchups. Like, Van Vliet ain't guarding Luka. No. You know what I mean? But he's going. they got a lot of guards in Dallas. He's going to have to guard, uh, who's my other one? Oh, the one I love so much. Um, Kyrie? No, 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 no. So it's Kyrie, it's Luka, and who's the other guard? He's been 100 play. I have to pull up the roster. Party. I can't. The uh, he's a junior. Dad played in the league too. Why can't I say his name? Oh, uh, I know. And you know what? You you infected me with your, what, what's <laughs> going on here because now I'm blanking. So guy, he lights up the Rockets whenever they play against every him. time. I, this Dennis is going. Smith Jr. Dennis they, Smith. No, no, no. no not, not Dennis, Dennis Smith, Smith Jr. Jr. I'm talking about Tim Hardaway Jr. There we go. I, it was right on the tip of my tongue. And it, the moment you said I can't right. remember it, my brain went blank. So th- Dallas, right? Who does Van Vliet guard from Dallas? He ain't guarding Luca. He's guarding Kyrie. He's gonna probably have to guard Kyrie. He's guarding Kyrie. Right. And, so, and and you feel and you feel good about that because at the end of oh, the no, day. Oh no, I don't they, feel I don't feel good about that. Okay, well it, I don't feel good about anybody guarding Kyrie. That's, that's fair. From Ky- a point Kyrie's guard standpoint. Look, anybody. Look, the great players are gonna get theirs. <laughs> yeah. You gotta make the great players work to get theirs, though. I and agree that's with the that. kind of defense that guys like Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks will provide. 
Let's go out to the phone lines. Chris and Sugarland's been holding for a while. Wants to get in on those Rockets conversation. Chris, good morning. Stan Northley. That's Jackson Gatlin on my left. All right, what's going on, Stan? What up, what up? Hey, my my guy uh, just called. He uh, he kind of stole some of my thunder, but he made some valid points. Uh, uh, I don't think. I mean, I love his game. Don't get. He's not a pure point guard, and I think uh, the whole idea of us bringing him in is to run our offense. And I just don't see him being a distributor like that. That's going to actually. Uh, put these guys in the best position to, uh, you know, utilize their talent, man. Because, you know, I, I, I feel bad for these young Rockets, man. We got it. They got a bad rap uh, by bad coaching. I mean, and I'm not knocking Solace. He's just a young coach. He wasn't ready for this team. And I know a lot of people that say, you know, he's a good coach and this and that and other. But there was no discipline and no structure with this team when when Solace was a coach, which the biggest acquisition that we got this year uh, so far is actually getting Edoka. Edoka's going to change this team himself, just like you see what happened in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Sacramento didn't make a whole lot of big trans, uh, transactions. They they pick up one player, and they pick up a good coach. And De'Aaron Fox mm-hmm. said himself, he said that, something your guy just said, your host just said, De'Aaron Fox said that the biggest thing that happened to his game was that uh, Brown told him, if he doesn't play right, he'll be at the end of the bench. And he meant it. That's his star player. And so that's what we need. We need we need a coach that's going to hold these young guys, talented young guys. Man, do you know how many young players that we have voted to up-and-coming? What, what was it, All-Star game where we have uh, the those up-and-coming players? Yeah. yeah, the future stars? Come on, man. We had five players that was actually could have been selected on that team. Well, we had two so players. Yeah, more... yeah, yeah, two players. Uh, uh, you had uh, Tari Eason and Jabari Smith made all-rookie team first and second team, respectfully, if man. I'm correct. Exactly. So we have the talent. We just didn't have the leadership. So my thing is, I used to hear uh, another show and some other guys on another show. I won't say <laughs> who it is. They said, "Hey, we couldn't. We could. We could, you know, our coach wasn't able to uh, get on these players because if you if you get on them, they're gonna break them down. No, Idoka's gonna get on them. He's gonna. The biggest thing happening this team is just us picking up those players. Uh, picking up Idoka. Now, my last thing, Stan, before I uh, let you go, is that. Dylan Brooks, the reason we overpaid for Dylan Brooks is because, yeah, Edoka uh, does have a, a vision. What he wants to do is have somebody that's going to mimic Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart and Dylan Brooks are one and the same type of players. So, yeah, we did overpay for him. I wouldn't have gave him $20 million. $15 million is the most I would have gave for him. But, uh, but you can tell that Edoka does have a clear vision on what he wants to do, and I think Marcus Smart kind of fills that spot. Anyway, I just wanted to say that. But can somebody tell me what was the biggest difference between uh, the Rockets team and Sacramento? Sacramento was at the bottom of the league just a year and a half ago. Now they're at the top. So uh, I just, I'm just i going to hang up and listen to you, Stan. All right, appreciate it. We're we up against it again. Thanks for the call, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm making a note of something. Smart versus Brooks. Okay, a couple things, and then we'll keep the Rockets conversation going because I still got to get to this viral video, this Jalen Green thing. I'm going to comment on it. I know there are some other shows and on some other stations that are uncomfortable with that. But that's why you listen to us on Sports Talk 790, because we go to some of the places that other people may not go. I'm going to respond to the Jalen Green video. But before I do, this business on the floor. Number one, yes, intangible-wise, gritty, tough, fighter, back down from nobody. Yes, I see that, Smart and Dylan Brooks. But that's where their game stopped to me. Smart is clearly a better offensive player, and I would say Smart is still better with the ball in his hands. Smart Now, defensively, in terms of being on the ball or on the help, I believe they both can do that. These contracts, because I know you all are thinking it, and maybe somebody has hit me on my Twitter. I'll take a peek at it in a second. 
Some of you are going to say, Stan, it's an overpay, but with the new CBA kicking in, and I feel this way in the NFL, I feel this way in the NBA, listen, overpay, if you want to use that term, is overpay. Some people want to look at it as what is the guaranteed money, what is the average value, what percentage of the salary cap in it. The bottom line is this. Dylan Brooks, Fred Van Bleet, and and, uh, uh, Jock Landale, they all made more money coming here than they would have made on the open market had they gone and signed with somebody else. That's just the truth. I'm okay based on where the Rockets are with some overpay. But you start talking about five, six. Uh, Dylan Brooks, what did I say? Dylan Brooks came in at 20. Oh, that's the, I mean, you talk Fred Van Vliet. He's up some five, six, seven million dollars a year. That's where you, things can get a little dicey. But hey, I don't have to balance that budget. I balance my own wallet and balance my own checkbook. Raphael Stone has been tasked to do that. We come back, we hear from Jackson Gatlin. Other Rockets nuggets to get into. We got about another half hour before we start talking to Mastro's baseball. This is Sports Talk 790. What's going on, good people? We got Astros baseball coming your way at the conclusion of this fine program next up. As we're your home for Astros baseball on Sports Talk 790. At Stan Sportsman here, Chris Gordy out again this week. He's somewhere on an airplane doing something fun with his family uh, in his stead today. That's my man, Jackson Gatlin, Locked on Rockets podcast, Locked on NBA pod. Uh, brother does an excellent job. You see him on social media. Follow him at J.T. Gatlin. Gatlin spelled with a G. Appreciate him in studio, all show. And we continue talking Rockets after I give you the update. Lineup is out. Mauricio Dubon leads off at second, which likely means, and you will be correct, no Jose Altuve today. He will get an MRI. Skipper, Paul Dusty will give us more information when he gets it. Uh, I imagine during Astros on deck, that will come up as well. Rest of the lineup, Dubon at second, followed by Brego in his normal spot. You got Tucker in his normal spot. Jose Abreu, DH is today in the four hole. Yanir Diaz catching today, followed by, uh, I keep wanting to call him Madris. Corey Jolks, Jeremy Pena, and Jake Myers is in center. Wow. My man Chaz can't... J.P. France on the hill. I'll stop right there. Let's get back into this Rockets because I want to make sure we hit uh, a few different things. So, look, I'm giving him a B plus. Fred Van Vliet, targeted, got him. Dylan Brooks, targeted, got him. Overpaid, and that's going to be the term used as a former athlete. Listen, I don't believe there's any overpaid pro athlete. I know the TV revenue. I know what the owners are making. These men are making these owners a lot of money. So, they certainly are all up. So that's semantics. I want to get caught in that. What I do want to say is there was a target. Some people will say, Jackson, that the Rockets missed out on Brooke Lopez, who was the third of their three. From as I understand it, Brooke Lopez, he hit Ime Yudoka and Rafael Stone with some game. He led them believe, I pledge I'm coming to play for you. And at the end, in the last minute, he had a change of heart, and he kind of played the Rockets to up his ante with the Milwaukee Bucks. That's just something you don't do. And I, this speaks to the credibility and the character of Raphael Stone, because even though in these trades, for example, Ty Ty Washington and Usman Garuba, 
they could have reneged to the Atlanta Hawks and said, we're not going to send you our part of this three-team deal, but we're going to honor our word. We're going to send you the players anyway. Milwaukee didn't handle their business in the same fashion. So we wind up, we do have a center. I don't believe he's a starting center. But then you do also have some other assurances in the front court. Veteran Jeff Green. So with that, Jackson, I open the floor to you and say, are we comfortable between Shingun, Jock Landale, Jeff Green, and we'll see who else is to come. But for right now, are you comfortable with the center position for the Rockets? I think absolutely. And, and here's a couple reasons why. The Brooke Lopez thing sucked, right? Like, you know, to, to feel good on both sides, like to feel like you have a deal in place that both sides, you know, felt good about. And then to have Brooke Lopez turn around and kind of burn you the way that he did and leverage what was the Rockets offer into more money in Milwaukee. It was always going to be whether or not Milwaukee had the pain tolerance to give him the bag. And, and they did. And credit to Milwaukee. I don't even blame Milwaukee for this. They're just, that's, that's good business. Brooke Lopez is the one to blame here, man, because it, it really did look like they had a good deal on both sides and the Rockets felt really good about things moving forward. They thought they were going to walk away with their three targets. Didn't happen. So they pivot, right? They pivot. They go grab Jock Landale. They get him on a four-year, $32 million contract. Only the first year guaranteed. They go back. They grab Jeff Green, former Houston Rocket, who mm-hmm. was there for the little bubble stint uh, with back during the James Harden era. I like those two additions as a kind of a last-minute alternative to Brooke Lopez. I, obviously, they're not Brooke Lopez, right? We could do the whole – I could make a joke and we could do the whole money ball thing where if you put, you know, Jock Landale and Jeff Green together in a lab, then maybe you money ball Brooke Lopez with some stats, mm-hmm. three-point shooting, the defense, whatever. At the end of the day, I think – if, had you brought Brooke Lopez here, he would have elevated the team considerably. He's a top three DPOY uh, guy yeah. coming off one of the best seasons, seasons of his career. Uh, he's the backup finalist or he's the runner up is what I'm trying to say. Defensive go. player of the year. Yeah. He lost that on that. Go ahead. Great shooter can space the floor. There would have been some question marks about how you deploy both Brooke Lopez and Alper and Shingun. Do you run them together? Does Brooke Lopez become the starter and Shingun's back coming off the bench? And that was a whole catastrophic yes. situation this past year. <laughs> yes. Probably yes, right? But but <laughs> yes. the thing is, is Shingun has a ton of potential, right? He you does. See, you see the, the Jokic-esque ability in his game. And I think he has earned the benefit of the doubt to have a coach and a team that actually empowers him and plays through him as opposed to his success coming in spite of, at times, the coaching staff, which I felt like was the case under Steven Silas. He was not prioritized. Again, they had Bruno Fernando starting over him yeah. for a first couple for games some of moments, the year. Yeah, yeah it, it just did not make sense. right? He has shown you so much talent and so much ability. I know there's potentially some defensive shortcomings there, but... The coaching staff owes it to him with how much talent he's shown and the ability that he's shown to try and get creative with certain things defensively. And I think Ime is exactly the guy to be able to do that, to come away from a game and not just say, well, you know, we, we let Damian Lillard and Clay Thompson cook all game because we could only run Alper and Shingun in drop coverage. No, come up with something different, right? Run a different defensive scheme. Yeah. Hedge a little bit more. Blitz. Let I, him switch. I, I hate drop coverage in today's NBA. I know they run it, but going uh, essentially going under the screen and making people mm-hmm. shoot in the skilled NBA that it is today. But when you have the length of a Brook Lopez, yeah, you can, you can get away you can with drop, drop coverage. coverage. When you have Brook Lopez on the floor, you, you know it hurts a little bit more when you got Alper and Shingun out there. Now there are some rumors that he maybe got that a little bit yeah, taller this offseason. So we'll, we'll we'll see how tall he actually looks when he gets to training camp and gets measured, but 
I like it. I like the additions. Um, Jock Landale makes a lot of sense. And, and Jeff Green is going to provide some serious veteran mentorship to this team for sure as well. Jeff Green played real minutes for the champion Denver Nuggets. There were moments, and it was spurts. He's not. He's the same age as LeBron. I think Jeff Green's 38. He's like, look, I'm not giving you that anymore. But in spurts here and there, I got something for you. Again, another veteran. Quiet guy, scrappy. has and shooting. Earned. Shooting is the big one. Another good call by you. Let's go out to the phone lines. John on the northwest side wants to get in on this Rockets conversation. John, welcome into the program, bro. How you feel? Hey, man. I happy to be late for the July. Thank you. Same to you. You know, with uh, you know, I, I watched Brook Lopez, I guess, a week ago do that interview and everything at his home. And uh, frankly, I never thought Brook Lopez wanted to leave me a rock. I think that... Uh, you know, he was really comfortable. And I do believe that the Rockets, they say the Rockets had $25 million after they signed uh, 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 Dylan Brooks. So I believe that the Rockets did offer him $25 million, but he took 23 from what I understand, to stay in Milwaukee. I, I figured that's what that was. Now, with Dylan Brooks, now I don't have any proof on this subject. This is my feeling. With Dylan Brooks, I believe the Rockets know they overpaid, but... There were several other teams interested in Dylan Brooks, and you can believe that at the negotiation table, those other teams, they probably offered 16, 17, 18. Rockets probably come in there and say, okay, fine, we really want him, and we believe in him, we're going to give him $20 million. And I think that's when all these other teams dropped out. But now it, the Rockets apparently to give him $20 million, they believe in him. So, okay, Mr. Rockets. Y'all believe in him, and I like the players, too. Well, we're going to find out how much you believe in him. And uh, one more note on that coach that the Rockets hired, Dover. You know, I'm I'm just sick, sitting here chipping my head, listening to all these compliments about a coach that ain't doing nothing in the NBA yet. But I'm going to tell you about how many games. You got a little tough to hear right there at the end, uh, but I understand your point. Hey, why all the praise for Udoka? He hadn't done nothing is what the caller said, and I get it. Yudoka, we've seen him as a head coach one year, and he had certifiable ballers. You know, they they, they gave him a real team in Boston to coach. But I didn't realize going to the finals was hadn't done nothing. I, I was going to come around to You still got to coach the guys. Like, there's a lot of talent in the NBA. You still have to put them in position, and they were there to do that. We come back. Final Rockets segment. Fred Van Vliet, most important free agent acquisition of the offseason thus far for the Rockets. He and Jalen Green are tra training together, but that's not the only video that I saw of Mr. Jalen Green. We come back and wrap things up here next up on Sports Talk 790. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Get money. What's going on to the good people of HTX? What's going on, man? Stan Northley here. I go by at Stan Sportsman on social. Chris Gordy out. Jackson Gatlin, Locked On Rockets Pod. He's in. You can find him on social media at JT Gatlin. That is Trey Campbell on the other side of the glass. They're assisting us, uh, doing a fine job doing that as well today. 
as we are uh, having our first show of the week. Speaking of the Rockets, we will be seeing our young Rockets coming up. Thomas and Max Center, 2K24 Summer League 2023. I know that's a lot, but that's what they're calling it. That's the brand. Friday, July the 7th, 6 p.m. Central. Rockets take on Portland at the Thomas and Mack Center. You can see that game on the four-letter network, the main one, ESPN. So, uh, notable names that is on the Summer League roster, Tari Eason. There is uh, Jabari Smith Jr., to my surprise. It doesn't sound like they're going to play a lot, but they'll be out there Probably a little bit. one or two games. And then, of course, the two rookies I can't wait to see, Amen Thompson, Cam Whitmore, Jackson, anybody else? Uh, oh, there's a UVA guy. I see Jay Huff out there, big man, seven one two forty. Anybody else on notable for you on that summer league roster, real quick? You know, not, unfortunately, not really. It's just you know you got your four big names on there. Um, you'll have the, a couple of the Rockets two way guys on there. So Trevor Hudgens, Darius Days are also going to be in yeah. attendance. Uh, I think the reason you're seeing Jabari and Tari actually opt in the summer league is because you look at a guy like Amon Thompson, whose primary skill set is going to be setting up his teammates. I feel like the Rockets wanted to give him some legitimate weapons to work with for a game or two so you could get a, a feel for what his ability is going to look like on the court when he's got legitimate guys to dime up. So we'll probably see him for a game or two and then get him shut down pretty quick. I also want to, by the way, Cam Whitmore and Amen Thompson both signed their contracts over the weekend. So as first rounders, those deals are guaranteed. Wanted to make sure I got that out. And then there was one other thing that I wanted to add the Rockets coaching staff, Summer League, will be coached by... Ben Sullivan. Ben Sullivan. There we go. I wanted to make sure I got to that. And then I'm trying to find the press release with the rest of these guys. Aha! The other coaches uh, who we have here. We have Ben Sullivan, Royale Ivy, Garrett Jackson, Tiago Splitter, Cam Hodges, and Mike Moser will fill out that roster. All of these guys have been connected to Udoka whether it be through the days in Brooklyn, a lot of these guys, San Antonio, I think there's a Celtics connection in there as well. So these are all big, people. Big Celtics connection. He, he poached a big chunk of that staff that was his yeah. staff originally yeah. in Boston. And some of the support staff as well. Many people have asked, what are we going to do with Coach John Lucas? Highly revered around these parts. We know that. John Lucas, it was announced a little while ago, as in yesterday or the day before. I'm not sure which one. He will be elevated to the front office space. John Lucas will become assistant to general manager Raphael Stone. So they still will have the resource of a John Lucas around. It just won't be from a bench capacity, which is fine because John Lucas is still going to practice. He's still on the team. He's playing. still going to be around he's, the team. He's, he's still, still going to. We're still going to see him floating around Toyota Center. He's going to be everywhere. No and, you know, it'll probably be something like a consultant role. But having that continuity, being able to keep him a part of the organization is going to be big, I think, I think for this team. I think that's critical as well. Uh, also, Names that would have been on the Summer League roster, but unfortunately, they will be playing Summer League for some other people, depending on how you look at it. Ty Ty Washington, Usman Garoba, they go over to the Atlanta Hawks via trade. Josh Christopher finds his way to the Memphis Grizzlies. And then K.J. Martin was moved to the L.A. Clippers. So those are four draft choices that will not be with us. But to get something, you have to give up something. You got to make the cap work. This first and second tax apron in this new CBA, it's got GMs panicking. They are scrambling in a way that they haven't had to before. Now, I say that, but then we see the guys that got paid. You saw Desmond Bain get maxed out and Harrison Barnes got his bread. Of course, Anthony Atman Edwards gets his max. So you still saw guys signing for real money. The difference is 
the rest of the roster. And that's what we're waiting on in Houston now. But for the sake of Josh Christopher, his high school teammate who is still here, Jalen Green, they came up in social media over the weekend, gentlemen. And if you've seen the video, then you are more than free to have whatever perspectives on it you choose to take. I can tell you, maybe that's just how those guys interact with one another. That's on them. Got nothing to do with me. My boys and I, when I was an athlete in the locker rooms I've been in as an executive, as a scout, and as a player, we didn't play like that. But that's that's on them to each his own. I choose to look at the Jalen Green video and go, he, Josh Christopher, and another gentleman, one of the videos. There's two different videos. This dates back a couple years ago, so this is not anything as of recent. The AAU days. The AAU days that Josh Christopher and um, J- Jalen Green were teammates in high school in an AAU circuit. Fine. Immaturity, young guys, whatever, however you want to classify it. My thought is Yudoka. Does Yudoka go, because of stuff like this, this is why I got to go overpay for Fred Van Vliet. This is why I got to go get me a Jeff Green. I got to go get more grown-ups in here to help guys, albeit that behavior and, and those react those actions did not take place while they were in the NBA. I look at it more from a Udoka standpoint going, gee, is he saying, geez, I got a lot of work to do here. What, how did Overall, just any comments from Jackson, you or Trey, if you got a comment, I'm yeah. looking at the clock. Um, I think that's the least of Ime Adoka's worries, uh, honestly. I- I'm not going to say anything else. All right, that's Ime good for Adoka. you. Good choice. Yeah, good call. Look, How look, about you, Jackson? At, at the end of the day, I, I think it's just it, it shows that there's just a lot of growing up that some of these players have to do, right? That that level of whatever whatever you want to think about the situation, I think it just screams, you know, a, a little bit of, you know, immaturity or just guys, you know, messing around, whatever, all whatever you want to call it. But I think it points to when you look at, Josh Christopher was Jalen Green's teammate here on the Rockets. KJ Martin was also like those two guys were probably the two closest guys mm-hmm. on the roster to Jalen. And you think about what the Rockets kind of looked like these past couple years. They did kind of look like an AAU That's club at the looked. NBA level. I played AAU. Yeah. I know how it looks out there. And I played AAU before they had eighteen thousand teams, and you had to like really be a baller to play AAU. So you look at you look at this as I think I, I think that. I think that Jalen is going to have to face face a harsh reality now moving forward with Ime Odoka is that, you know, you talk, you go back to the John Wall stuff, right, and him talking about it's not sweet, right? Like, you think everything's sweet, and it's not. Mm-hmm. The comments that he had about Houston, they're going to have to – he's going to have to face a new reality now without Josh Christopher, without K.J. Martin, and really own up to the level of expectations that Ime Odoka is going to place forward. So – I think this is just, it's an example of some of the growing up that Jalen has left to do, and hopefully we see him take those steps moving forward this next season. Hopefully we do. That is the voice of Jackson Gatlin. Make sure you follow him on social media at JT Gatlin. Of course, you know we're the Mighty Sports Talk 790. Good work out of you, Jackson. Trey Campbell, I appreciate you. Astros on deck coming up at the conclusion of this program. Enjoy yourself for those that are headed over to the ballpark. J.P. France on the mound. Altuve not in the lineup today. Mauricio Dubon leads off. Enjoy Astros baseball. Stan Norfleet and all of us here at Sports Talk 790. Thank you for allowing us to maintain our status as your home for Houston. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.